Welcome to the More Than Just a Doctor podcast. I'm your host, Lil Soprina, MD. I'm a life coach for physicians, a practicing hospitalist, a wife, a mom of two boys, a reader, a dancer, a dolphin enthusiast, and all the things. Just like me, you're more than just a doctor. And that's what we're gonna talk about each week. Doctor stuff, regular life stuff, and all the things that make life rich and interesting. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to welcome my friend, Dr. Judith Borger, here for my second ever podcast interview, my first with a physician. And I'm really excited, and this is very special to me. She's a good friend. So Dr. Borger, her intro is so long, because her life is so interesting. So she's a mom of three beautiful kids. She's a wife. She's a practicing academic pediatric uh, ER doctor. She owns two active successful businesses. One is Concierge Medical Arts in Fayetteville, which is a full service, non-surgical medical aesthetics practice, like everything you could possibly want. And she's an expert which is her second business, The Aesthetic Doctor, which encompasses her podcast, The Aesthetic Doctor, which you should check out. She also teaches other physicians and practitioners injections, lasers. She's a national speaker uh, on aesthetic topics, and she coaches uh, physicians and other practitioners on life, business, and building both an aesthetic practice and a life. You've actually got a lot more, but I'm going to leave it at there for now. So, well, thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. I love the spaces you create and all sort of aspects of your business of life and life. And I'm so honored to be part of it. Thank you. you. So for our listeners, we, uh, Jude and I could talk for hours about physician topics that are of interest. But she sent me a text. We were in a conversation a few weeks ago and brought up the idea of leading the charge to to sort of show other women physicians that it's possible that you can have it all. And so I thought that will be the main theme of our conversation today. And then I also, both for our, our listeners and selfishly, I've actually never heard the story of the beginning of the aesthetic practice. Like, is that the story you want to hear first? That is the story I want to hear first. Okay. Yeah. We'll do a chronological thing. I know midpoint to here, but I'm like, you know, I never like heard how you got into it and how it got started. And so I'm super curious. Yeah. So I I think there's sort of a little bit of a, a journey to that too, because, you know, when, I don't know when you were going through medical school, if you were one of those people that always knew what they wanted to do. And I did not. Right. Um, And so I really had this interest at the time in dermatology, among many other things. And uh, I know you have a lot of physician listeners, so I don't have to explain rotations, but I did an elective rotation very early on in dermatology. And it was super freaking boring. Like it was like this guy dermatologist that I follow around and he was really dry and it was like 60 patients a day. And it was like, rash prescription, rash prescription, rash prescription. I was like, oh my God, I can't, I, I, yeah, dermatology is off the table, right? Right. 
And then I kind of learned more about um, cosmetic dermatology. I actually did a rotation with a physician that's not core, but that has a successful med spa. And I just love the atmosphere and the transformation and her. So I kind of tucked that away in there. Um, and I always had an interest in it. So I kept reading. I kept like, you know, I was drawn to those lectures. I was drawn to that. And so, you know, you go through residency and fellowship and you start practice. And I think when you start practice the first five years, you learn as much in practice as you did in residency, maybe even more. And so, you know, then I found myself like at this point in life where, I think that sort of early mid-age unfulfillment came in a little bit that suddenly your job is like automation and there was really not much career progression. And I I was really starting to think what else and this idea of doing aesthetics and doing private practice had sort of bubbled up over Mm -hmm. and over. And um, so I did it because one of the things that I realized I was missing in my emergency medicine practice were really number one, this idea of connecting with patients, um, because I, meaning like having a long-term connection with your patients, you know, the sicker the patients, like they less, the remember you, you know, you can save lives and feel amazing about that. And, you know, the patient whose lives you save is not ever going to remember you, not going to come back. A lot of times you don't even get follow-up. So I really um, love the idea of having a more longitudinal practice. And that has been phenomenal. I love my patients. And, you know, some of them have been with me since the beginning. And like, you get to know them. And it's great. Sort of like, we love having a long-term coaching relationship. You get to know your patients and you get to see them. And it's just wonderful. And then and then really also the right side of my brain wanted something to do. You know, mm-hmm. emergency medicine is very actually like protocol based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that idea of being able to do something in the realm of creativity and beauty. And so those together really made me you know, decide to do it. Initially, it was more of like a fun hobby. And then it became like a hobby business. And I hope that if anybody listens, and they have a hobby business, it's totally possible at any point in time to dial it all up on the hobby business, you just pour on, you know, pour open the spout, and it comes back in. And then so for the last probably four or five years, it's been a real business. And it's been a business that I've created that I've loved, that's hugely successful. But that's really how I got started. And I still love it. I mean, I love my patients. I love the creativity and I love the creativity of running a business and the creativity of entrepreneurship, which is also why I coach a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, So I am so happy I have my practice and you and I have talked a lot about it, how for me, it's just such a, like such a space that I've created that I'm absolutely in love with. It's sort of one of the words that comes to me about your aesthetic practice in the best way. It's like this playful space. Mm -hmm. You get to, of course, be an expert and do the medical stuff, but it's also this, you know, playful, creative space of what do you want to do with your time? You know, instead of like, oh, this has to be done like PCR and hospitalists, you know, those things just have to be done. But the, the aesthetic business is so much more, you can really focus and direct. And that's one of the things that I always get from you is this like playful creativity. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, I love, and I don't mean, obviously we don't mean playful in the sense that we're callous with what we're doing or not taking it seriously, but you're right. There is a, there's a lot of space for exploration and bringing in nerve services and, you know, working on growth and working on this. And also, you know, the other thing that I've really become to love is actually being an entrepreneur um, and being able to employ other women and being able to be the employer that I want to be. So that has actually been super fulfilling too, that, you know, I employ like at this point, I think it's six women and I get to be exactly who I want to be as the employer. And that's actually been um, surprisingly very rewarding for me as well. That is awesome. Uh, wow. Six employees. I did not realize you'd gotten that big. That is fantastic. And w- just one little example of the like playful creativity I'm talking about. You had an event sometime in the last few months. You guys did yoga in your space. And I think you did some injections at the same time or did something aesthetic. I'm like, that is so much fun. Yes, it's it, it it is definitely it is definitely fun. And um yeah, you're you're right. And I think it's the thing we've talked to about too is to keep it in that space of fun and joy because I think patients especially feel that too when they come into a space, right? When the energy of a space is just full of high vibration and uplifting. And, you know, the person that sees you is actually really glad to see you and is really here to serve you versus like, you know, another burnt out doc who has traded now their internal medicine career for you being their sixth six Botox of the day. And they're just like, oh, let's get through this. So I think it's also a like an energy I want to tap into and that Mm -hmm. I want to continue to cultivate. Yes, I totally sense that. That's a good, good way to put about your aesthetic business. Like I totally sense that and always so joyful. Like that's a, a consistent feeling that you project about the business. Oh, it's, it's my happy space. I mean, my space learning, always learning. Yeah. 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 It's my happy space. And and you're right. I think when you say about the energy of exploration, I think it's also the energy of growth Mm -hmm. and, you know, you and I have talked about that. I'm hugely into growth as like a core value. Right. Okay. Now just a little practical question about the origin of concierge medical arts. Like where did you physically start and like, what was your beginning? Like, did you offer, what did you offer in the beginning when you were a fledgling entrepreneur? Yes. And, and, you know, I, um, you know, you know, that I um, coach a lot of entrepreneurs of all stages and I'm happy to always talk to anybody who's considering it because I started small, you know, um, I really, as I said, when it was like a hobby business, um, that does not mean it did not have the right legal structure. It just meant in terms of the energy I was putting in and, and all of that stuff, you know, it was that thing where I was like injecting those people that I knew and Mm -hmm. it was like a fun little side gig. Um, And, and so initially I did do um, some mobile services. I did a lot of Botox parties. Um, I rented a room from a salon and spa. So I think, you know, if somebody wants to start small, it's a good idea to, you know, just rent some space, whether that is, let's say a doc that maybe might be 
out of their office a day in the OR, or, you know, you want to have one of those salon suites, or as I said, you know, in some very nice um, salon spas, whatever, you know, wellness facilities, you might fit in really, really well. Um, and, and that's, that's really where I started. I started small. And that's the other thing is that I'm really proud of what I've built from nothing, because I did not start with, you know, a million dollars or anything like that. I started with really nothing and having to, you know, maintain my income level to support my family. And so it is, I'm really proud of the fact that I've built this very successful, thriving, valuable practice really from the beginnings of, you know, a dream. Right. I love it. And I happen to know that you are in the process of expanding again. Yes. Tell, Yes. Tell us a little bit about what's coming. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the next step for me is we're renovating a historic building and I am so excited um, because again, we're going to get to give this like rundown historic space life and also sort of to restore it to all its glory and beauty, or maybe like the 2024 vision of its beauty and all of that and infuse it with our energy. And we get to double our treatment rooms. Um, I have beautiful office space upstairs as I spend more time coaching and teaching where I'm able to do that. My staff has a much better, much more, they get the best space in the house, by the way. And I really believe that that's the way it should be. My staff lounge is beautiful, full of windows, like it's gorgeous. Um, And so I, Again, it's, of course, from an entrepreneurial side, owning versus renting, investing in commercial real estate. But again, it's the next level and version of the business to expand the space, expand the treatment rooms, you know, expand what I offer my employees and also to expand on um, the space, both energetically and physically um, that I give my coaching and teaching, because that's really where I see a lot of my future growth happening. Perfect lead in because that I do want to hear about. So you grew this successful aesthetic practice and really developed as an entrepreneur, a leader, you know, a business person. And then now you're teaching, coaching, course development, like tell me the next evolution and about that piece of your business. Yeah. So I have been really fortunate to be able to teach sort of like the how how do I want to phrase this the nuts and bolts of things um for the past couple of years and especially um I have an interest in energy-based devices as well um you know I study them a lot and so I've been giving um quite a few lectures and workshops um nationally and um soon to be internationally um on um some of the um technology we were also part of a clinical trial um for an FDA approval of a new device um so i have spent um some time doing that and i tremendously enjoyed i feel so alive when i get to connect with people i feel so alive when i get to talk to them i mean you and i have talked about that that this place of like coaching and teaching it's like that feels most authentically me so it's amazing that I get to combine my passion of aesthetics with my passion for teaching so I have um, you know spent some time teaching on energy-based devices um, and then as part of the aesthetic doctor I have a podcast um, that you have been on so check out Lil's episode it's fantastic and it really is 
this idea of how to have your most beautiful life from the inside out and outside in. So we combine some really fact-based knowledge of aesthetics and aesthetic procedures with um, really coaching-based and wellness-based topics, um, which I, I think is fabulous. And, and again, I, it started out really with me wanting to give people information on aesthetics and really have them get that stuff that I wish everybody would get before they considered a procedure. And because I'm about so much more than that, and that is really just the outside in part, mm -hmm. it has really expanded to blossom into, I think, a healthy mix of aesthetic topics and sort of how to live your best life, which is, I think, the topic that you talked on and 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 things like that, steps to increase confidence, you know, check it out. Um, but then, you know, what I'm doing and coaching very successfully is also to um, really help other business owners have the business of their dreams. Um, and the reason I started doing that is because when I started, really, I was doing it very much against the grain. You know, a lot of what you learn in aesthetics, and I know you have a past in aesthetics, it's very like industry-based, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so much like commercial conflict in there. And so many people do, I mean, the advice I was given was like, it's never going to work if you don't start with a million dollar loan. And I was like, well, I can't take out a million dollar loan right now. Like, right. And I was like, well, I'm still going to make this work just my way, you know? And, and I think there is a path and I think there is a way to build whatever business you want that fits your dreams, your visions, your lifestyle, your budget. I mean, of course, like it doesn't mean I've never had until this building, I've never had to take out a loan for my business. And I think there's a way to grow a business sustainable. Um, of course, some people might take out loans or not, but to really do it in alignment with your own vision, sort of like, I think you talk a lot about, you know, there's that truck that we all think we're supposed to be on that society teaches us. I think an aesthetics new um, business owner get taught that too because of course the aesthetic device industry has this huge thing of like yeah you need to buy all the devices and you need right. to take out this million dollar loan and you need to do this that and the other and there's really a different way and not everybody wants that type of business right um so i have loved coaching other entrepreneurs and really seeing them evolve and seeing their mindset evolve and having them step into the entrepreneur roles, just such as you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's something we don't really get taught anywhere in medicine. And so many of us have yuck about money and mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you can't run a business if you can't pay your bills. Like that's just a thing about it. We're all providing a service and for my business to thrive, like it has to be profitable, right. you know, and it should be profitable. It's like you're coaching, like you should get paid for it. Like right. you do an amazing job. You change lives, you've changed minds. So yeah, that's just the end of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I do some business coaching. Um, I'm actually probably going to relaunch a group of business coaching in January. Um, just because the more I coach people privately and the more people I meet is even though, you know, people like love one-on-one -on -one coaching, there is in business, there is this like need for a little bit of structure um, and people, there's the same themes of questions I have. So I do think that it would be really, really valuable um, to have a group for existing business owners to really spend like a quarter and break down every aspect of their business, mm -hmm. you know, to look at their pricing, to look at 
their employee concerns, to look at their social media, to look at their whatever, and really in-depth dive into all of those themes for the week, um, and then life coach on it. Um, so that's probably going to be my next um my next thing and 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 hopefully to have that roll into a membership so people really get continued support because if you want to stay in business um you know stuff is going to come up mind drama is going to come up complications are going to come up employee drama is going to come up like <laughs> financial yes, scarcity thoughts are going to come up so yeah. um i think that's sort of my business part of my the business coaching part of my vision and you know, you and I have talked about that. Ultimately, what I really, really, I think is my soul's work is to help women like find or fall in love with their lives. Like I'm in love with mine and really to have them say that, like, yes, I love my life. Yes. And I feel like I freaking get to have it all. So I love the concept of having it all because I feel like I get to have it all. Like, so many times I'm like, damn, I just get to have it all. And um, I, I think it's really important for us to talk about that because like you, like we talked about it, get, getting, getting to have it all does not mean doing it all. Actually, it's the right. opposite. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because I'll, I'm going to confess, even I, who you know, I coach people to have a life they love and all, all that stuff too. That uh, phrase, like having it all, the first thing that comes up for me, it's like a trigger. And I think I can, you know, my brain, the automatic thought behind having it all is some version of doing it all. You know what? When I think of doing it all, it's like, no, run away. I actually do very little things I don't want to do. And I think you know that. Because, I do know that. You know, for full disclosure, um, <laughs> Lil has been my coach for years and she has helped me craft this amazing life. And I actually think that, you know, when I think about having it all, um, it is absolutely not doing it all. It's actually doing very little um, of the things you don't want to do. Um, so having it all to me, number one, I think is really to spend so much time thinking about what it is that you really want mm -hmm. and to be crystal clear on what you want, because those are the things you're going to get. Um, and then to really sort of delete everything that's not in, in your zone of dreams and your zone of vision or whatever zone you want to call that like sweet spot zone mm -hmm. is to do very little outside of the things you actually want to do. Because first of all, like we said, doing it all sounds awful. Um, <laughs> but having it all sounds delicious because having it all really says in this season of life, what is most important to me? And I can have all those things. And the way to have all those things is to like, like, I think you use the word pruning, is mm -hmm. to sort of cut away all that BS that we don't really want to do. Right. Because they don't define us as you know, who we want to be. Like I, you know, I full disclosure, like my kid, it's school lunch because like, to me, packing a lunch is not part of like having it all. Like, <laughs> right. Like I don't do the bake sales. I donate money. Like I don't like, again, because for me, that is not the definition of being a good mom. Like the definition of being a good mom is like spending the day to day with my three-year-old and then 
spending my evening with my kid at the book fair. Like those are the moments that I'm like, that for me is being a good mom. And that's the mom that I want to be, you know? So it's a, it's really a lot of, you know, or the same at work. Like I think physicians, especially those that are in hospital and academics, we get bombarded with so many requests for things and we get pulled in all these directions and to be really clear in your authentic self of who you want to be and then it's so easy to just have this shield of like decision point of like does this serve my vision no okay then it's a no like there isn't even a second question about that I love it I love it and I do want our listeners to hear if you're willing to share um Mm -hmm. besides not doing the bank sale which I don't do either um like some of the things like real examples, some of the things that you've pruned over the years to get to this point where, I mean, really you're doing the things you want to do every day. Yes. And I think that's really what it is. It's to free up your time and to set up your time and to schedule it in a way that those things that are really important to you get scheduled first. Like, you know, you know, I love my Pilates and yoga. So those things are on my schedule, like coaching, you know, twice a month is on my schedule. Um, So, so again, um, you know, so I think the looking back at it, the first thing I did when I went to my first like physician wellness retreat, um, I literally came home and I resigned from a whole bunch of hospital responsibilities. I actually did not know I mean, I knew you pruned, but I didn't know it was right after uh, one retreat, like a big decision point. Well, I mean, I think it was really at the time, it did not feel like a big decision. I think it was just for the first time that idea that we get asked to do things and we kind of do them out of the guilt or still that we've got a that people pleasing or that we right. have to be a good girl and like, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, I freaking hate this committee. And this committee is like on my only day off and, you know, and, and, and yeah. things like that. I was like, I'm three <laughs> or four committees that didn't serve me at all. Like, right. right. That I got nominated for. And I was like, Oh, that is so kind. And I did it. And I was like, this is unpaid work. Like, right. I'm an ER doctor. So that might be my only day off while you guys are all on like your salary and you're here and you meant to make this last three hours. So you don't have to go back to your admin office, like, right. Versus right. I'm here my day off. Um, And so I think my first thing was to really, um, you know, in the hospital world. And since then, and then I, a big one was to um, kind of withdraw from clinical research. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of big trials and, um, you know, again, there was just, there was just a lot of things that I think about those contracts that wasn't very empowering um, to me and, again, where the institution was not being very supportive. Um, so a big one was to withdraw from clinical research um, other than, you know, the trials I now do in my office or that I might be asked to do, but I was running a lot of really big trials. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, now I'm part-time. Um, also I've, yay, that was a big one. I'm part-time. <laughs> I work two weekends a month, which again, might not feel like, and the thing about having it all that I really want to say is that you're having it all does not look like anybody's having it all. Right. Like I work weekend nights, two weekends a month, which for a lot of people might be like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? 
But I'm like, you know what? Weekend nights actually work for me because then I have the whole week to like hang out with my kids, be there after work, kind of either do my med spa or coach on those weekday things, you know, and I don't really actually do it at night unless I really make that decision that I want to, um, because I do spend, you know, two weekends a month at the hospital. Um, but again, that works for me. And that was a very conscious decision that I was going to set my schedule that way. So I work part-time and we've talked about like outsourcing everything. I mean, like, Again, tell us, I, I, I don't care if people judge me or not, um, because again, it's like it, it's like all societal BS, right? And I hope oh. I can say BS on your on your podcast. Um, yeah. It's oh, uh, you know, you know, like I, of course, a lot of us probably have house cleaners, right? But I have mine come an extra day, and she like folds and puts away all my laundry because otherwise I was having like these laundry piles of clean unfolded laundry guilt. I I don't mind washing it and I don't like it sitting there dirty, but so she then like folds it and puts it away. You know, if I need things returned, she'll return them. Like she'll really do whatever I asked her to. Um, You know, I have somebody else who of course cleans my car and like takes my car for oil changes and things like that. Because again, like who has time to sit at the dealership for a couple hours? Do you, I don't, I don't want to spend, I oh hate the dealership. like an oil change. I feel like is on the top, whatever list of things that I don't want to do. It's so funny. You say that I actually thought of you yesterday. Cause I remembered as I was sitting in the, um, car place to get a tire repaired and it took for it was supposed to be you know five minutes took forever and I was like never as sure Jude has a person to do this I need to talk to her about that yes I mean and again like I mean Jesus college students or people that like you know are maybe underemployed or can't have full-time employment for whatever reason or don't want it like Oh my God. Like the fact that somebody picks up my car and deals with all of that. And I just hand them my credit card and then Venmo them some money is like magic, you know? So I, because again, think about your day yesterday, like those four hours, like whatever it took, like three hours, you could have taken a walk. You could have had a relaxing cup of tea. You could have met a friend. You could have done dance, which I know you love to do. And instead, Right now, I in in the defense of the episode, I I was like, mm, if this takes longer than they say, I'm gonna bring my Kindle. So I actually did enjoy a. Got see, this is right. the second thing: is you made it better. You yeah, made oh, it better. I made it better. You either bag it, you bartered, or you make it better. But but again, the car plays again. It's just like it smells like stale cigarette smoke because there's always like smokers that smoke outside and mine. So I'm just like not all about it. Um, and, and then, you know, the same thing is like I get my groceries delivered as often as I can. Just like everyday things that, you know, make I don't want to do, you know, like just really don't want to do. Um, and, um, you know, again, when we look at the flip side of it, like you are actually employing other people. Mm-hmm. Right. You're you know, there's so many people, especially in this economy that are stay at home that would love to do something for a couple hours while their kids are at school or this, that, and the other. And I have, I joyfully, like joyfully ask people to do this for me. Nice. I love it. Are I was actually thinking about this on the way here. Are there any things that you particularly choose to do 
that, you know, other people outsource, because just like you said, like your having it all looks different than my having it all. And I was thinking about the example I was thinking about for me, I was um, driving home thinking about this podcast interview. I was thinking, you know, one of the things that I do that I could outsource and I do a little bit just out of necessity, but I really love carting um, my kids to activities. That is so funny that you say that because I think the one thing, so first of all, I really outsource anything I consider outsourcing, but I do love picking up my cats. I I do, especially, I'm going to say, especially my older son, mm-hmm. he'll have his driver's license soon. And I feel, I swear, like all the time, I'm like, I feel like it's not slipping away. I mean, I'm really making the most of it, but you know, I, I see, I can see him. I mean, he's so close to being like another big step independent for me. And so I love, love to cart him around and, and it gives us like 10 minutes in the car, just the two of us. And I want to though venture, which I know is obvious for you, but might not be for the listener. You know, it's not for you about like really that you're taking him to activity one to be it's because you've declared that quality time. Right. Right. And it's your your way you feel like you're showing up as the mother you want to be mm-hmm. is that you can have that conversation with your kid in the car or that quiet together time or you know I don't know what your car routine is right but, but again I think that is really important to say is that the the things that we keep are really because they make us feel a certain way like mm-hmm. I am not into cooking but I could imagine that somebody might, for example, say, listen, I really want a grocery uh, grocery shop and cook because I feel like by nourishing my family and by putting that care into what they eat, what lunch their kid gets, it's my way of showing up as the parent I want to be. So um, it's not my way of showing up as that parent, but I can totally see how you know some people might for example, find like that is their way. And I think that is something really to be honored mm-hmm. um, and to, and again, to make a conscious decision about why you're doing it or why you're not doing it. Right. I, that last point is so important. Many times, I mean, always we're choosing, we're always choosing what we're doing, whether we think we are or not. But the difference in the experience when you go to the grocery store, when you know you're choosing it because you want to do that and you want to have that be part of your thing versus the story of like, oh, I have to do this or, or even just that unconscious, like hurried experience through life. I mean, just that shift, same exact activity, but awareness and stepping into choosing like that makes to me the whole difference in life. Yes, uh, absolutely. And I think that's, again, you know, and maybe having it all is not the right thing. But I think having it all for me, that all is really all the things I care about in this season of life. Mm-hmm. And it's always about seasons of life, right? I mean, I have a kid in college, you have one that starts driving soon, like the seasons of life change. And so in this season of life, my all is something very different as it probably will be when all my kids are gone or, you know, they're teenagers or 
you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I think the all, the clearer you can be about what it is that's important to you. Really, I think it's the only way to really get to do it and get to have it is to awaken your consciousness and investigate and dream and think. And sometimes it's also trial and error. You know, you might sort of think that this idea of cooking a nourishing meal for your family sounds amazing, but you hate the grocery store. And then maybe you do what I do and like have delivered a bunch of nourishing things like right where we still get lots of fruits and veggies in, but it does not involve me like driving my cart around Harris Teeter or whatever your grocery store of choices. Right. And someone else can pick the fruit and it's okay if it's not the ripest. Well, and that's, and that's another thing, you know, I just came back from a couple of days at the Miraval um, and I um, took myself on a self vision retreat, which was actually fabulous and just like such a like soul nourishing thing. Um, And when I came back, of course, like at home things maybe got done, maybe not. I don't know if homework was sent to school or not, but whatever, everybody was good. And the funniest thing was this morning as my you know, um, house, uh, house cleaner came and said, listen, there's only like half a load of laundry from last week. And I was just like, oh, well, okay. So they made it like a whole, like six days was half a load of laundry, but that's okay. I came home and maybe the kids wore the same thing the whole time. I don't know. But again, like they got a shower, they got new jammies everybody survives which is just normally like well normally there's like four or five loads and I'm just like I don't know but I'll I'll run my stuff from my suitcase soon don't know but everybody's fine yeah and that is like the perfect example of the like I don't know um they might have worn the same clothes they might not have who knows right and it's okay like they all survived I got to do my thing and I'm so thankful that my kids were safe and kept and all of that thing right and you just have to let go of that part yes yes lowering expectations for perfect even very good you know positions like that is another key to happiness is letting being able to let things go and take the fruit from the Instacart person come back and they've worn the same thing for four days and it's fine. Like all those things I think are part of being able to have it all. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's about prioritizing the things that matter to us. Right. Right. Because, because I think when people like, I mean, it's a whole different conversation about manuals and control and oh, all of yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah, so, we'll yeah. leave that for another But time. I got to do the thing that was important to me. And the other thing is that my kids were happy and healthy. And, you know, that's all that matters. Right. Okay, between now and January, when group starts again, tell me how folks can reach you because I'm sure someone listening to this podcast is a fledgling physician entrepreneur or further in their journey. I mean, you help folks at multiple. Oh yeah. I help. I mean, and and I think that is really the fun about um, one-on-one coaching, right. Is that you can help somebody at, um, you know, the beginning stages to people that are coaches themselves, like, right. It's, it's so fun. And that's the same with entrepreneurs. Like I have some people that are thinking about getting started and I have some people that run multiple six figure businesses. Um, 
Really, um, you know, what the with the thought about growth though is I think the thought is that I really have seen themes emerge. Mm-hmm. And you know, like again, you've been in business, and I think it is just nice to go into those themes in depth and really flush out things like, you know, what are your lead versus lag indicators? What should your ROI be? Like, how do you adjust your pricing structure? All the stuff that you know, is, is really helpful to do no matter where you are in your business. Um, but as far as the question goes now, I absolutely love coaching people one-on-one, um, on business, on life, on really anything. I do have a CME physician coaching as well. It does not mean we only have to talk about everything my PDF talks about. It's just to get it approved. Okay, people. Um, and it will help your work-life balance. Um, even if, you know, it doesn't in a way that your hospital your hospital administrator that approves your CME might not ever imagine. Okay. Um, nice. Yes. So, uh, so yes, I have a website. www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Um, I, um, very active on Instagram at Dr. Borger and that's doctor written out and then Borger, B-O-R-G-E-R. Um, I have my podcast, The Aesthetic Doctor that you have been a guest on and, you know, I'm really responsive and I love mentoring people. I love hearing from people. I love connecting with people. Um, so whether you're in the same space or not, um, I, I do love this idea to what the virtual world has given us in terms of connections. Me too. Me too. I just met some, it's a little off topic, but not really. I just met someone, another coach who I have known virtually for five years. And we finally got to meet in person yesterday. And, you know, the connections are every bit as real. I mean, it's real. It's just, you know, we see each other. I mean, Zoom to me is like the greatest invention since sliced bread. It's such a, opportunity to have real connection and relationships with people um on an unlimited geographic basis yeah you're you're right and i think it is one of those the one of the best things to come out of pandemic really i think is this acceptance of the geographic possibilities yes yes i love that thank you so much for being on this podcast this was so much fun Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and for having me and really for being that person in my life. Because honestly, people listening, Lil has now been my coach for what, three plus years, something like that. that. And, you know, I obviously get to stand here and say, oh yeah, I love my life and I have it all. And I truly do. But so much of that is owed to you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) really like you know I think together we have been on this like sacred and deep journey and you coach with so much love that really too like your listeners I'm sure already love you but I I really don't want this to be a plug for me I think this is all 100% a plug for your magic your presence the gifts that you have as a coach so you know I'm eternally grateful for what you've done with me in my life and who you've sort of helped me really I think it's expressed I don't want to say become because I think we all are already that person I think 
what a great coach really does is really helps give you that trust and listens to your expression and already believes in your wholeness. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I received that wonderful. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Well, I love you and thank you. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to listen back to this and have it. And, you know, hopefully your listeners get something out of it too. Oh, I think so. I, there's so much here. And then we have so much more to talk about. We, I actually would love to have you back and talk specifically about pruning and the research stuff, because there's, that's really hard for a lot of people. Yes. I think that would be fabulous. Like we could really get focused. I mean, I know today we just chatted and all that, but we could focus or even do like a joint kind of like plan for how to really, because you're right. I think saying no is one of those really key things to that life that, you know, love the life that you have or have that life that you want is that it's not about adding stuff so many times. It's about subtracting. Right. So we will get in the weeds on that next time, because I think that will also be really helpful to our listeners. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you like this episode, you're going to love working with me directly. Sign up for email updates from me in the show notes. I'll send you a fun email every week called Friday Favorites. Everyone loves it. Or if you're ready to get started creating your rich and interesting life, book a free consultation with me to explore working together one-on-one. I can't wait to meet you. You'll find these links and other resources in the show notes. See you next week.